0: Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. I've got a return guest this week. Please welcome back, Alan.
1: Hey there, how's it going?
0: Pretty good. I've just been trying to get my work done earlier, and now that that's done, it's time to talk magic. What about yourself?
1: Uh, pretty similar, I guess. I've been looking at a lot of these cards uh and they are very exciting i heard a lot of people say like when they spoiled the first few cards this set was going to be the beginning of like scaling back the power of standard Hmm. the cards were sort of boring and i feel like people do this every set and then (laughs) they realize that they release the best cards closer to the end
0: yeah like (laughs) i don't
1: know how people keep falling for this (laughs) yeah exactly every time people are like the sky is falling the sky is falling and then uh then it's fine
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So we've definitely got some cards to talk about, but before that, would you like to promote anything, any streams or Twitter or anything like that?
1: I actually don't have anything to promote today. I moved just a little bit ago, so I haven't been streaming yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, once I am back to streaming, I guess it'll be at twitch.tv slash brashara, which is B-R-A-S-H-A-R-A. I will likely start again when Brawl comes out on Arena officially and i will be playing brawl because it is so much fun
0: oh great well let's talk about that first let's talk a little bit about brawl the f- the format that uh, seems to have come back from the dead perhaps it got reanimated for one black mana
1: <laughs> absolutely well i hope not then you'd be taking a lot of damage maybe oh. just like animate <laughs> dead or something yes dance of the dead <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so in general how did you like it
1: so i have always actually been a huge fan of brawl uh, when oh. brawl first came out um, I played it. A bunch of people at my LGS played it uh, mm. because I yelled at them all to play it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I built Tezzeret, like the Box Tezzeret,
2: mm.
1: not or sorry, like one of the sorry one of the promo deck Tezzerets because it was a while ago. Oh, okay. Um, I built like an artifact deck with the six mana Master of Metal. That was his name. I built that deck, and it was so much fun. And mm. people were like, "Oh, the games will take so long because the cards are weak." So. In order to prove that that wasn't true, like the first weekend we played Brawl, we actually played an eight-player game of Brawl. <laughs> and uh, if anyone's ever played an eight-player game of Commander, you know how much of a nightmare that was? Yeah. The Brawl version, way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it kind of died for a bit. Um, you know, it's a rotation, and people just like stop making decks. Yeah. And then uh, one day I was just like looking at Chromium, and I was looking at Karn's Temporal Sundering, and I was like, I need to make a Legendary Sorcery deck with Chromium. Mm-hmm. So I built... A deck that was all the legendary sorceries and i built it for 1v1 hmm. and i felt like 1v1 brawl was a blast hmm. um so many of the commanders are just more interesting there Uh, Because you have cards like, I mean, now rotating, but Tatiova, where like in multiplayer, it's just like, oh, cool, we have to kill the Tatiova player (laughs) or they're just going to win. So then everyone has to gang up on you because you're playing the value commander and everyone else is playing like Hazarit and like these other aggro things because standard's a lot narrower than every card ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And the 1v1 kind of removes that. It lets you play like your strategic game again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lose a bit of the social aspect, but I think a lot of the social aspect for Commander, at least for me, has always been in like playing a deck that does a specific thing, and Brawl is never going to be a large enough card pool to really support that, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. So I think it's better in like the more tacticals, where like Singleton is still fun, having a Commander is still fun, but maybe like you're not doing the same level of wacky things you're doing in Command.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting that this format has like pieces of various concepts, various formats in the singleton aspect of it, in the standard aspect to it. I think it's just a really interesting format that it was a a little bit, I, I did feel a little sad that it didn't seem to have its heyday. I played a little bit in real life as well, and a lot of the people that I play with um, I actually have done a six player commander and yeah that takes a while and then <clears> so <throat> when you bring it down to a smaller card pool and um, just different stipulations it, it does uh, work in an interesting way so I'm glad that they've that they're gonna have these brawl deck precons that are coming out I'm glad that we got the preview event that was like double double amazing that we got preview cards of eldraine to play with right away and also some um uh some brawl decks to to try out
1: so that might be one place where i'm not thrilled hmm. um that the brawl pre-cons have brawl exclusive cards kind of bothers me hmm. um i don't really mind cards like arcane signet Mm. or command tower you know like these cards that literally only work in commander yeah i was talking to someone who's trying to build a standard deck uh where you like because command tower doesn't do anything no uh in standard so you can there's like a switcheroo style card where you trade one of your thing for one of your opponent's thing so you like give them <laughs> a bunch of command towers and take their lands. Oh. Um, and I think that's, like, one, I mean, it's going to be fun, but it's not going to be, like, the most powerful thing to be doing. But there are other cards in here that I think very easily could be the most powerful thing to be doing, and we will just end up in, like, another Nexus of Fate situation. Hmm. Like, um, primarily, I think, Alila is very pushed for Constructed play, potentially. Hmm. And even more worrying than that is uh, Shimmer Dragon, uh, which is the six-mana 5-6 six flyer that, if you control four artifacts, has Hexproof. Okay. And it gives you the ability to tap two artifacts and draw a card.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I did use the Alila deck during the event, and I did think that it was very good once the-, the pieces came together. And there were a lot of pieces to that deck. You could deal uh, a lot of damage with your little flyers becoming big flyers, and you had that one uh, artifact that gave your flyers a little bump, and then as soon as you're casting enchantments or artifacts, Alila makes more flyers, or you can have that sub-theme of artifacts themselves, and that that Shimmer Dragon was really good, because let me tap my artifact that uh, that doesn't matter if I tap it, because it doesn't turn off, right? Not like in the old days.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So um, I, I enjoyed that deck the most, and that's where I made all my winnings from. What did you think about the Knight deck?
1: So I actually did not even play the Knight deck.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I, I i saw the chatter that everyone was saying it's not that good i gave it a shot and it was fun it was fun to equip a colossal hammer the colossus hammer the ten ten for zero but besides that everyone was a little bit kind of running over me because it, it just uh, the, the commander was a little too expensive especially with a four casting cost alila
1: oh i'm making air quotes but you can't see them commander uh is six mana but that's not why I didn't play it. I don't have any opinion on the power level of the deck. It's just not my kind of thing. Oh, sure. Whereas the other three are, like, so much my kind of thing that I could not stop playing. I, like, I I must have played the six games and then, like, ten more that day. You <laughs> know, like, the next day just jammed a bunch more games. I started with uh, Koolane, because I thought that was going to be the deck that I would definitely like the most. It's, like, hands mm-hmm. down, coolane, or however it's pronounced, uh, I think Cullen is the irish pronunciation oh sure um anyway it's like this is gonna be my thing it's bant uh it draws cards that's awesome Mm -hmm. um and then i played that all the way until somebody played the Corval deck against me Mm -hmm. for some reason i didn't see this Corval deck for like hours and hours nobody played it Mm -hmm. and the first time i saw someone play that i just I was like, that's what I have to do now. That deck is so much fun. I don't know if you played that one.
0: Yeah, I played that one. It was pretty fun, definitely. Yeah. Um, he's kind of a, a little bit hungry for your own permanence, but if you keep feeding him, he gets more and more fun. So th- that was a fun deck as well.
1: At one point, I had uh, that one-two from Guilds of Ravnica. The, the priest, that it is tap, sacrifice two creatures. Your opponent sacrifices a creature, loses two yeah. life.
0: Uh, priest of the forgotten gods
1: yes priest of the forgotten gods i activated that with Corvald in play hmm. and i drew three cards and i got two mana and my opponent sacked a creature and i sacked like two tokens from kranko it was <laughs> unbelievable or like once i had savvy hunter in play which is the whenever it attacks or blocks you get a food token hmm. sacrifice two foods draw a card so with korvald you sack two foods you draw three cards hmm. These commanders or these these brawl manders are I think unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I mean if you were trying to play like a commander deck that you felt was very powerful, it, it would be fine to play these, but they would never be your best option. But I feel like that's one of the cool things about Brawl, is that in Brawl these could very easily be your best option. You know, like Corval doesn't stand up to Prosh, mm-hmm. but he's equally fun, right? And so having more formats means you get to play more cards, which is why I've always been a huge fan of more formats. I play Pop or Modern, Standard. I'd play Legacy if, uh, you know, I were rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so like Brawl just being another format that I can play different cards in. Like there are so many more Magic cards that I want to play than I'll ever be able to. Yeah. So I'm always an early adopter for these things.
0: Yeah, if you want to stick with one format, there's there's the meta that exists for it. But when there's more formats, then you can kind of jump around, different concepts, uh, different types of decks, and just uh, try try out different things. So um, I've uh, had a few people in real life that also uh, were uh, champing at the bit to to try these new cards. They were like, well, when is Eldraine coming out in October? And I said, yes, but there's an event where you can preview some of the cards right now. So I brought a few people back into Arena that way. And I uh, appreciate the company doing that, uh, shaking things up um, every once in a while to kind of maybe get people back on the magic train.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I didn't get off the magic train, but I'd been off the Arena train for mm-hmm. quite a while. And mm-hmm. the moment the Brawl decks went up, I reinstalled it and started I played for like... Like eight hours that weekend, I must have mm-hmm. maybe more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eight's a low ball, I guess. Yeah.
0: yeah, Like when I even after I got my rewards for the event, I just kept playing it because it's like let me let me try all of the decks and see how they work. And uh, there were two that I like better than all four, but it was still just fun to see how other people were playing the uh, the decks and and learning the cards. And we got that snippet of of those various cards. Um, so it was kind of like a. Uh, what would you call it, a, a pre-pre-pre-pre-release sort of event that we all got to play in.
1: Exactly, I agree. Again, my only worry is Brawl exclusive cards. Mm-hmm. Being standard legal seems a bit dangerous to me.
2: Mm-hmm. not
1: It's just like a bad recipe to have like a more limited supply of some of the cards than the rest of the cards. Mm. Uh, so that worries me. It's mostly Shimmer Dragon... Fairy Formation and Alila that I think could be cards. Maybe Steelbane Hydra, too. The Hydra that blows up artifacts and enchantments Mm -hmm. could be very powerful.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, on a slightly different topic regarding power levels and such, uh, I'm looking at all of the... um, uh, I pulled up on Scryfall, proud sponsor of the podcast, I Wish, um, they, um, I've, I pulled up all the legendaries in, uh, in Eldraine. And what do you think about just conceptually about the new, the Royal Scions, two characters in one Planeswalker card? That's both, uh, Will and Rowan.
1: So this card got spoiled before it got spoiled. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my friend sent it to me and goes, look at this. Do you think it's real? And I looked at it and I went, I could see it being real. But it's really good. Mm -hmm. It's like... (laughs) Like, if they were going to put two Planeswalkers on one card, they sure did make it feel like you had two Planeswalkers. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) I think it's really cool. We've had Planeswalkers in the past with multiple pluses, but I think it is uniquely cool for this card to have two pluses. Mm -hmm. Because each of these abilities is very much one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Will clearly loot. And uh, Rowan you know, gives two o Trample First Strike. Like, one is a blue effect that's slightly red, and the other is just a mono-red effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, and then the ultimate's a little bit of both of them.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, it is literally a blue-red effect. That's a blue-red. That said, this card is also super cool, because one, when you play a Planeswalker on turn three, mm-hmm. and you tick it up to six loyalty, you're probably going to untap. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of... That's so much loyalty. Your opponent has to have exactly that black, uh, hero's downfall style destroy a planeswalker. Mm -hmm. I can't think of any way your opponent deals six damage to this on turn. And a card it plays very well with is Dreadhorde Arcanist. Mm -hmm. Because you can plus it to put cards in the graveyard to flashback with Dreadhorde Arcanist. Mm -hmm. And you can plus it to give Dreadhorde Arcanist plus two plus O so it can flashback more expensive cards.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of synergies going on here for such a, an affordable casting cost.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's a two-mana card and a three-mana card. And I've kind of been looking at sort of what does that deck look like. Um, and it's something that I've definitely been toying around with. Uh, I've been playing with Dreadhorde Arcanist, Royal Scions, um, Sahili, the new Sahili that makes Servo. Yeah. And then the blue-red colorless mass card. That a mass is equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure all or some number of these cards are good enough, but I've been playing with all of them and kind of testing them out to see. I, I'm sure there's a deck.
0: Well, that's again the the kind of the great thing about the a rotation that there's new cards coming in and coming out and uh, shakes up the meta and like uh, after a few years. Um, things get a little stale, and so when we get some new cards in and some new and some old cards out, I think it just gives us a lot of ability to brew, and with the formats of Standard or Brawl, or if you want to put try to see what might even work in Modern or Commander or whatever, I just think it's great to, to get new cards.
1: Are you saying that you're tired of Teferi Hero of Dominaria?
0: No, I'm tired of both Teferis.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: And uh, in the video announcement, they said, well, Corset 2021, if you like Teferi, we've got something for you.
1: <laughs> no way. Did they really?
0: They did. Yes. On the video announcement, they had Mark Rosewater passing out cookies and Jimmy Wong was there. And then they mentioned, you know, when they spoiled the next, uh, the next year of, um, of sets, um, they mentioned uh, offhandedly that they've got something Teferi related for Corset 2021. Oh, my Lord. Maybe it'll be like Teferi's staff or something. Not so bad. Like Vivian's archbow or something.
1: I hope. Mm -hmm. Teferi has a... uh, I am a blue mage. And Teferi, he's a great blue card. Mm -hmm. But he sure hates on other blue cards. Like he has a legacy of doing this. I remember playing Teferi Mage of Zalfir, the Uh, five mana creature mm -hmm. in the blue mirrors. Like Teferi made magic Hearthstone before Hearthstone existed.
0: Uh, oh, in what way?
1: Uh in the way that he shuts off your opponent's ability to play at instant speed or use oh, the
0: stack. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they don't yeah. have a. they don't have those reactive triggers like magic does, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, so I think that, that the uh five mana Teferi is a little bit he's too powerful, maybe. Um, but it's fine to have really powerful cards in standard. Mm. I do not like three mana to fairy because he makes cards stop working the way they're supposed to work. uh for example the red finale mm-hmm. it exiles two spells and then casts them mm-hmm. but teferi says well you can't cast them yeah because you can't play a sorcery right now because your dev- your finale is resolving
0: mm-hmm. yeah definitely that 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 uh that teferi the three to te- the three mana teferi definitely uh locks things down and i've I've been kind of playing around with some, you know, uh, mono blue um, decks, and that definitely shuts me down if I'm not careful. Um, I just, like, um, have most of my counter spells or my uh, flash creatures out of commission with with a little Teferi.
1: Yep. The other day I was playing some modern, and I had a Teferi in play, and my opponent cast a spell, and then I cast Spell Queller on it. Mm -hmm. It's the card that puts the spell under Spell Queller. And then when Spell Queller leaves the battlefield, they can cast the spell again. Mm-hmm. So I counted their spell with Spell Queller, and they passed back to me. And then I bounced my Spell Queller with. T- and they couldn't cast their spell <laughs> because they couldn't cast it because they couldn't cast a sorcery. Yeah. It's just the card is. <laughs> yes. But uh, onto cards which are probably, right? That's probably a better place to be sure there are so many cool cards
0: in this definitely uh what's something that's uh standing out to you at the moment that has been previewed
1: so in terms of cards that i think are really cool there is witching which is the one blue artifact and when it enters the battlefield you scribe two and then later you can pay for and sack it to draw so i just think that's like a really cool card um I definitely want to play with it i love things that give you like a small amount of value early but mm-hmm. also pay you off for playing because mm-hmm. i'm a long game kind
0: of and this is just another example of the paradigm that wants wants to do about colored artifacts isn't it? they they saw that when you do an artifact heavy deck that it's kind of chaos and so they said well we're going to do some interesting effects with artifacts but we're going to make them colored artifacts and this seems to be continuing that sort of track.
1: Yeah, I do like that. I think that artifacts at the beginning of Magic did things that none of the colors did. And that meant that the artifacts didn't always feel like they ever belonged in decks. You <laughs> had like things like Nevenerals' disc.
0: That's exactly the one that I was thinking of.
1: Yeah, mono black played so they could destroy art of enchantments, rather. So or everything, destroy, yeah. I guess artifacts, too. And you're just like, well, Black isn't supposed to be able to destroy artifacts and enchantments. This is kind of silly. Or otherwise, they were just like making mana. Or, you know, what was the other thing? They're either making mana, they're destroying everything, Hmm. or they were ruining the game. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, those were the only three things they did. Yeah, Winter Orb, like, Smokestacks. Like, that's just what artifacts did. They either made mana, they destroyed everything, or they ruined the game. (laughs) And so, then they tried to make artifacts that did other things. That were similar to cards that that colored cards did, and those cards kind of also messed with the color pie mm-hmm. in a way that didn't that wasn't also wasn't very great. But I liked the solution of just making the artifacts colored. Mm-hmm. I think it was great when they did it in Alara. I think it was great when they did it uh, in Kaladesh with the activated costs of the artifacts. Oh yeah, being um, I thought that was actually a really elegant design.
0: All of those implements, right?
1: Mm-hmm. There were there were implements and there were the other things too. Um, the implements you had to pay mana to sacrifice them to get your card back. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was neat. Because that, and then there was another set that like did something when it came into play, and then you could pay mana to sack it. Puzzle knots, sorry. Puzzle knots. Those were the other. Um and all of those were like, well, you can have this effect for colorless mana, but it's gonna be sort of subpar. Mm-hmm or if you're actually in the color and you can pay mana of the color to make it a full mm-hmm. and i thought that was an elegant design too but i also don't mind
0: colored art i've been used to i didn't play during alara and i just got into magic again after, slightly after kaladesh so i didn't i didn't play too much with the Color artifacts, but I I do see the purpose of kind of like reining it in a little bit because if if it's colorless mana or generic mana, um, every deck can play it, and then it kind of loses a little bit of its of its luster. But um, I think they're doing it so uh, well so far, and like I I like Witching Well as well. The only thing is that I I am sure as the card is brand new, you're going to need to repeat to people. No, I said Witching Well, not Wishing Well.
1: Very true, very true.
0: What do you think about all of this food that's going to be running around in Standard?
1: Uh, The food actually confuses me. Mm -hmm. Because when they put clues into Standard, it was because they knew we were going to Kaladesh next. Uh So they put artifacts into Standard because we were going to an artifact block, right? But they spoiled all the magic sets for uh, 2020. Yeah. And none of them really look like they're going to have a lot to do with artifacts. Uh maybe the monsters on Ikoria sure will eat the food.
2: Mm.
1: Um, but I'm just interested in seeing what sort of they're for. I've sort of caught on to wizards now. Uh Whenever they release something and they tell you it's important but it seems underpowered, later it will be great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, supposedly they're always thinking like two years ahead, so uh, exactly. I wouldn't doubt that something's coming down the pipeline. And it's just fascinating if, if you ever listen to Mark Rose Mark Rosewater's podcast, he he talks about things, you know, in the past tense and in the future tense and all of that. And it just me m- must be mind-boggling to actually work at Watsi when you've got when you're spinning all these plates in the future and then talking about it in the past when it finally comes out and and all of that. So food at the moment. Seems brand new and interesting. Well, it's an artifact, but it focuses on life, but things care about artifacts, but we'll see where that goes in in 2020.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't think that the food tokens are the most powerful thing in the world, but I think that players are underrating them, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. I think that the ability to gain three life kind of on command is very powerful for some kinds of decks. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like your green-black decks or your blue-white decks that are a little bit slower. Trad- mm-hmm. This isn't the most powerful way to gain life. But, you know, if it's a way to gain life on cards you'd play anyway, you'll take it. Mm-hmm. I would never say
0: The flavor of it is all really fun, too, uh, pun intended. Uh, like the uh, bake-into-a-pie Um Kill, I love that kill spell and then like the art yeah the art is hilarious and the concept of you got baked into a pie you got you got uh you get destroyed plus you get turned into food it's just like really really funny now that uh cast down is going away we'll, we'll still have murder but murder doesn't result in a nice tasty pie <laughs> there's like a lot of a lot of puns and a, just a lot of like fun uh, in this new set. It's not just about interesting or powerful cards, even though there's plenty of those. It's still just kind of, it just feels really fun. Like I'm also looking right now at Bell of the Brawl. Like that's like puns yes. on like five levels.
1: Yeah, I love Bell of the Brawl. That one's great too. Um, what was the other one? Are you familiar with the joke behind the The Lockmere Serpent is a six mana 7-7 seven seven with flash. And it has blue, sack, an island. Lockmere Serpent can't be blocked. Black, sack a swamp. You gain a life and draw a Blue, black. Exile five cards from an opponent's graveyard. Return Lockmere Serpent from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a source. So it's like a 6-6 six, six for 7. So it's really big. It's in blue and black. So it's kind of, it's a potentially interesting control finish. But what's great about it is that it was Star City Games' promo. So because it looks like the Loch Ness Monster, they put it up at like $3.99, but they immediately put it on sale for $3.50. And on their website, it said you could get the card for about three fifty, dollars um, <laughs> which was really good. But then I went back, and somebody told me, if you count, so the card has three abilities, it has blue, sack an island, unblockable, black, sack a swamp, gain one life draw a card, blue black, exile five, return it to your hand. And it also has exactly fifty words in its text. Oh, Interesting. So wizards kind of built that in there, which I think is hilarious.
0: Yeah, those are those sort of Easter eggs that if you pay enough attention or have enough of the in joke, it's got another dimension besides what what's on the surface of the card. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't know those details. That's fun
1: yeah uh, when I saw like so I got to laugh like four separate times at this card <laughs> and I'm also kind of interested in it it looks like a lot of the conversation has been about it not potentially being good but I feel like all those effects are powerful and I wouldn't be surprised to see it see play myself
0: mm-hmm I'm looking at a card I hadn't seen before Kenrith the returned king well here's a here's a great uh, five uh, mana uh Here's a five-color Commander or a Brawlmander. Uh, have you seen that one yet? Kenrith, the Returned King? Oh, yeah, king?
1: the group hug guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's neat because all of his abilities don't say you or your stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can form some uh, fun alliance shenanigans with him.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I couldn't... If you had a five-mana... Like, if you're playing against him, I don't know if I would sideboard this in, but I don't think it's necessarily bad. You know, it's like a five-mana 5-5, five so it's kind of hard to kill. You could pay three life to gain, or three mana to gain life. That's pretty good. You can pay four mana to draw a card. That's also pretty good. So even if you don't use the red, green, and black abilities, mm-hmm. I think this card could still be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of playing in a lot of matchups, while obviously being not very mana efficient. I don't know. It's another card that like I will play with. You know, yeah. I'll test it out, see how it goes.
0: Yeah, exactly. As soon as I saw it, I thought, well, that's really interesting, and it's just really interesting in terms of what it does and then visually I like the art of it but then also the activated abilities it's like there's just a single red or the one in blue or the two in white and so forth and so forth until you get to the fifth four and uh, four in black it's Just like that's just kind of really interesting how they're just doing fun weird things and this is a stealth five color group hug uh, commander uh, it's in mythic so so there's that, and it also ties in with the lore of of the of Rowan and Will. I um must have some relation. That's the same last name, isn't it?
1: Yes, and it is not just a mythic. It is the buy a box promo, I believe.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, there it is. It's tiny letters. Oh, okay, it's the buy a box. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see then uh, how much of an impact it'll make if if you've got to get it that way.
1: Yeah, I just I'm fine with the buy a box promos being good. I think that's fine. I just don't think they should be Nexus of Fate good. Oh, you shit. know I could never see playing like four copies of Kenrith in my deck. Sure. You know, this is this is a well-designed... If they stuck to legendary creatures for the buy box promos, I think they'd be doing themselves a tremendous service because you're already incentivized to not want four copies. Yeah. So like powerful but clunky legendary creature that's interesting seems like a very good place for them to be on these if they insist on having them, which, I mean, I think they should. I am a firm believer that wizards should incentivize people to buy boxes and make...
0: Buy them, especially at the at the local shops where you're supposed to get the buy boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that, that makes a lot more sense. If it's a legendary creature, well, you're not going to be able to play all of them and it's uh, it's a dead card in your hand if you happen to pull another one and you have to spend to get that extra copy of it so i think that's a really good idea because f- for nexus well it's just another it's just another instant and i want as many of those as i can play
1: yeah exactly which is a problem
0: hey everyone we're about halfway through the episode so let's take a short commercial break have you visited the patreon yet patreon.com slash vm campos if you contribute for one dollar you get access to the exclusive content that no one else does if you go up to the two dollar tier i will actually mail you a curated comic book for my collection if you can't quite contribute at the moment, no worries. You can still follow on Patreon. I post a lot of stuff for free there. I consolidate a lot of things that I do in my Patreon. So simply follow patreon.com slash vmcampos. And if my content is enjoyable to you, think about chipping in a dollar or two. I think it's worth it. Now back to the show.
1: Have you seen the Wishclaw Talisman?
0: Wishclaw Talisman? No, let me pull it up This right card
1: up. looks like complete shenanigans. <laughs> Let's
0: see. Uh, oh, okay, I saw like the ver- Oh, I saw the version of that someone had made it a- as a meme about there's some sort of beer or something called Oh,
1: the White Claw Talisman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy that. I think it's an alcoholic seltzer or something. I mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm too old for this, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what does it do? You get some wish counters on it. Remove it. Search a library for a card. Put it into your hand. An opponent gains control of this. Activate the ability. Oh, that's fun. Passing things around and everyone gets a sip out of it. Yeah,
1: you know, unless you don't pass it around.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So you can put this into play, activate it, and sacrifice.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a way to be to to really. Uh, that's a way to really pull the rug under under people um this is one of the color yeah. artifacts isn't it
1: mm-hmm. it's the black one it's a demonic tutor style art mm-hmm. and so it gets really problematic when you have ways i'm not sure if we have a good way to sacrifice artifacts for value in standard now um but you can say cast uh minus three mana to teferi to bounce wishclaw Talus, hold priority action hmm. then you get to tutor put it back in your hand and draw a card oh and wow your opponent nothing yeah <laughs> so uh yeah it's uh definitely we'll have to see if it's worth breaking you know yeah It's where you definitely do it if you want, but we will have to see if it is worth
0: Hmm. there's a lot of uh witch cards well not not that many but there's witching well which is cottage which is oven and which is vengeance
1: I was going to say that I think Witch's Vengeance is a very
0: noteworthy... Okay, yeah, that, that does sound a little better. Yeah, Witch's Vengeance, pretty noteworthy. Creatures of the creature type of your choice get minus three. Okay, wow, that's a, that's a big old, that could be a big old board sweeper. Pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, the notable thing about this is that normally when you pay three mana, you get minus two. two. Mm-hmm. Like, that's sort of the going rate. So the ability to get minus three minus three is, that's, you know, 50 better Mm -hmm. Uh, and it has ramifications through i think basically um in modern you can name human to clean Mm -hmm. up the humans decks Mm -hmm. in standard it looks like you'll be able to claim you'll be able to name knight or human pretty Mm -hmm. reliably and in legacy you can name wizard and kill delver of secrets (laughs) snapcaster mage
0: Mm -hmm. that'd be pretty pretty interesting Uh, it's a sorcery speed so, um, yeah, and uh, you've, you've got to have had that a uh, little bit of devotion to black cause it's, uh, one, um, generic and then black, black, but that shouldn't be so bad with, you know, a meta where we've had, or a standard where we've had cry of the carnarium and that sort of thing. So that could slot in there as well. It doesn't exile things, but that's an, another way to do it.
1: And it kills bigger things uh, and can potentially kill your opponent's things, but not your things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: It has a lot of upside. I think Cry of the Carnarium was a good card. I think Witch's Vengeance is a great card. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's finally, how would you say it? It's finally, um, what am I trying to say? It's finally, okay, three mana for a minus three. Because as you said, it was used to be three mana for the minus two. So now it's finally, uh, symmetrical isn't the word I'm looking for. But what's, the, um, elegant?
1: It's just more powerful. Yeah. It's just 50% stronger than what you used to get. And when I say what you used to get, I don't mean, like, you know, as far back as Cry the Carnarium or even—I'm forgetting the name of the Ascend one now. Uh, but there was an Ascend one, the minus two, minus two to all creatures, and if you are Ascended, it's only your opponent's creatures. Talking, like, we go back as far as the original versions of these, like, 10, 15 years. <laughs> it has always been minus two. Mm-hmm. So this is a big historical upgrade to this type
0: of— Mm-hmm. Yeah, that other one was Golden Demise from either uh, from Ixalan Block. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Yeah, but I mean, you go back to like flaying tendrils in battle for Zendikar. I think Infest is like a mirror. Mm. I'm not sure exactly what.
0: Hmm. Well, um, I guess after some amount of time, these, you know, there is power power creep, but sometimes it just takes a while, and sometimes it just suddenly happens. But uh, I'll be on the lookout for Witch's Vengeance. In a couple of my decks, um, do you have any any artifacts that stand out to you in uh, in these Throne of Eldraine previews?
1: As an aside, uh, Infest first came out in Onslaught, mm-hmm. which makes Witch's Vengeance the most powerful version of this effect in 17 years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just takes a little time to get there.
1: Yeah, right? It's just uh, They've just been working on it. Mm-hmm um the other are the other artifacts i think uh midnight clock is pretty neat uh from a flavor
0: let me see that one. uh
1: ember cleave is interesting in commander because it instant kills with some
0: mm-hmm. let me see ember cleave oh and, yeah and it's got the a cost reduction um oh that's interesting depending on the attacking creatures oh that's really interesting so it's it's, um, what do you call it in general when you've got this cost reduction? Because I know there's the term affinity, but it's not quite applying here. But this is a pseudo-vaguely affinity sort of, it convoke sort of, but it's got to be with attacking creatures. Has there anything like like that ever existed?
1: I'm not sure that you've ever gotten a cost reduction for attacking creatures before. I know you can get mana for attacking creatures, you can get, uh, like, additional power and toughness for attacking creatures i don't know if we've ever gotten cost reduction for it but i could be wrong Mm -hmm. uh either way i think it's really cool as like a flash artifact that you know like you can attack with all your creatures your opponent can play their removal spell you can flash in your ember cleave and equip it Um, Mm -hmm. but i mean i think at the end of the day six mana is going to make it a commander card not a standard card but Mm -hmm. i think it's really cool for those kinds of decks Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as like standard and brawl go i think the ones to look at are wishclaw talisman and Witch's well
0: mm-hmm. well i was just gonna say i know that when i played the Alela deck uh that um witching well definitely was was useful to get it on on turn one and if you're playing it um in in other formats it's still useful like you said it's got value early on and value a little bit later I think the Enchanted Carriage is hilarious. So we get uh, vehicles back. This one gives you mice to help power or to help crew the vehicle. Did you see that one?
1: I did enjoy that a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. There are so many enjoyable, like, unique designs in this set. From, like, Enchanted Carriage or... Have you seen Inquisitive Puppet?
0: No, let me go back to that one.
1: It's a one-mana zero-two. When it comes into play, you scry one. Has the ability, exile it, make a one-one white human. So it's an artifact construct puppet that becomes a real.
0: (laughs) That is so, so funny. It's really, they are uh, taking the uh, fairy tales you know, plus Arthurian Legend. And when you say fairy tales, you know, you have to sort of say like, yeah, Disney-ish fairy tales because those are the the bigger famous ones compared to the classic Grimm's fairy tales. But yeah, this is the this is the puppet that becomes a real boy.
1: Yeah, the Arthurian Legend stuff isn't doing as much for me um, because I am a huge Arthurian Legend nerd. Mm. So I would have wanted more. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it's cool that there are knights, but I don't feel... Maybe when the story is all out and I get a chance to read it, they will be Arthurian in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, Will and Rowan's adventures will be rather Arthurian. That would be interesting.
0: Hmm. When I read the articles about the creation of these sets and such, they they do talk about, like, well, when we did the um, Egypt world, you know, um, amanket there's, like... People all, all over the world know, okay, Egyptian stuff, but then how far deep do you go beyond that? Because there's mummies and pyramids and what else? Do people really know the gods of, of real world Egypt? How can we put them into, into a set? So with Arthurian legend, okay, we know uh, Arthur and Galahad and uh, so forth. So, you know, people at a certain point, how, how far do you know? So how far do you want to go into making these types of cards to please everyone?
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I admit that I'm probably being a little picky with that, but I would have liked to have seen like a like a Galahad or a Lancelot, maybe not in name, but at least in like meaning. Yeah. But we did get Robin Hood, which I think is cool.
0: Oh, which one's that?
1: Uh, Robber of... It is a two-mana red human art. Mm-hmm. And for a red and a colorless, you get a tutu with reach and haste, which is a weird set of keywords, but I guess it's because... And when it attacks, if the defending player has more cards in hand than you do, you exile the top card of their library. If you've attacked with any rogue this turn, hmm. and then you can hmm. by spending mana, so you kind of steal card advantage from.
0: Yeah, you steal from from the from the rich and give to yourself. They might do other things that everything hasn't been revealed yet, right? So they might do. Have they done, you know, the round table and that sort of thing?
1: We. Got the Circle of Loyalty, which is a six-mana enchantment that costs one for each knight. Mm. Gives all your creatures plus one, plus one. Whenever you cast a legendary spell, you get a 2-2 two, two knight, and for four mana and tapping it, you can make a 2-2 two, two knight. So that's like kind of your round table card. But other than that, um, not really. There's a knight that gives all the other knights plus one, plus one, but I'm not very sure exactly where these knights are going. hmm
0: Oh yeah, I did see that one—that one, that one circle—and and duh, and, I didn't think about uh, equating it with a round table, but that could be a possibility with it. And um, oh, I just see here, charming prince. So maybe that—that that might be the most on-the-nose one so far.
1: So charming prince is neat for a uh, one for those of you who know Reed Duke. This was Reed Duke's invitational card, or Reduke, hmm. he is seen as like the prince charming. Magic, <laughs> but perhaps more interestingly charming prince when it enters the battlefield you choose from one of three different options like magic charms historically oh
0: yeah yeah like the funeral charm and vision charm and all of those old ones
1: yeah or even more more recently i think we had some right but uh historically charms have been here's some options pick one and commands have been here's some options pick two Mm -hmm. um and so charming prince yeah here's some options pick one Mhm. Uh, there's a lot of talk about this card being
0: That's like puns upon puns and like callbacks and that I think that's really fun.
1: Yeah. That said, I think the card I'm most excited about is Mur or End. I don't know if we're supposed to call these cards by the creature name or the adventure name? Do we have, uh the convention for how to say these? Uh I don't
0: I don't think so, but I I would p- possibly assume from reading from top to bottom, we've got the uh you know, the first type line, so I might go with that
1: yeah well the thing is that uh you know like the creature's name is at the top of the card but it's my understanding that you cast the instant or so mm. so i don't know either way um i think this might be the most the card that we will see the most play mm. other than basic lands of course is Phew. murderous rider it is black black one instant adventure destroy target creature or planeswalker to life so you get a hero's downfall, you lose two life. Mm-hmm. But then for black, black one, you can cast murderous rider, who is a two, three zombie knight. So you can kind of get your two life back, mm-hmm. potentially. And the most interesting thing about this card is that when it dies, you put it on the bottom of its-
2: mm-hmm.
0: If it's at the bottom of the library, you can't do too much with it very easily to get it back. Why? Why, why would it go to the bottom of the library?
1: So I think what's important here is that it goes back
0: back to the library. Yeah.
1: So if you want to play like your traditional black control deck and you don't want to play that many ways to win the game because you'd rather play more removal and discard spells and the things that those decks like to do, mm. you can go all the way down to just playing four creatures,
2: mm. which
1: happen to also be removal spells in addition to being creatures. And if they ever get killed, they go back in your deck. And then all you have to do is shuffle your deck, and then you can draw them again.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I wonder if this, uh, if we're going to see the backwards misprint, where we had the corpse knight was uh, accidentally printed as a 2-3, even though it was a 2-2. This one's a 2-3. I wonder if it'll accidentally get printed as a 2-2.
1: I had multiple 2-3 corpse knights. (laughs)
0: I only pulled one, but uh, that was kind of interesting. how How do you how do you do that sort of misprint? Like what happens behind the scenes that something on the card itself like that is is not printed right? I wonder?
1: Yeah, that is interesting. I'm sure somebody made a typo and it didn't get caught, and then it was too late.
0: Mhm Well, I'll be look at I'll be on the lookout on this murderous writer because uh, I do like uh, when I play casually, I like playing uh, some demir cards, some demir decks, or mono black. I, I kind of have always gravitated towards those colors, uh, even on when I was first playing in the '90s. So I see a lot of these cards that are uh, in demir colors that I'm enjoying, and it's kind of funny to to. to okay, I'm going to call them like that, demir cards. But you know, we're not dealing with guilds at the moment. So do we have like any sort of names of, I don't know, kingdoms or whatever that we're working with in Throne of Eldrain?
1: Uh, not yet, at least. Um, I have not read all the lore connected to the cards yet, so there might be something. But if there is, I don't know about it. Mm-hmm. That said, mechanically, I think these adventures are very strong in blue and black. Uh, between Murderous Rider, who we discussed, mm-hmm. and Hypnotic Sprite. Hypnotic Sprite is it starts as Mesmeric Glare, which is an instant for a blue and two colorless mm-hmm. that counters the spell with CMC three or and mm-hmm. then can be cast as Hypnotic Sprite, which is blue-blue for a 2-1 fire. So you get your removal spells that are also creatures, you get your counter spells that are also creatures, mm-hmm. and you sort of don't have to play legitimate creatures. You know, you can just play all... just. Dist-
0: yeah, there's that other creature that also returns things from the graveyard back to your hand. What was what was that one? I know I used that one in in one of the Brawl decks where something went to the graveyard, and instead I cast... Um, one of these adventure creatures, and I brought it back and was able to keep replaying that.
1: That would be Order of Midnight.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, so definitely they, they're stapling all of these concepts into one card. I, I kind of like that.
1: Order of Midnight's another one that kind of loops itself. You know, if you have an Order of Midnight, uh, mm-hmm. you cast it. And then if it dies and you draw another one, you can cast the Sorcery, Alter Fate, to return the first one from your graveyard to your hand and mm. then you can cast the new one from Exile and hold the other one in your hand. And then if they ever kill that one, you can just cast mm. Alter Fate from the one that's now in your hand no. to put the other one back in your hand, and then you can cast that one from Exile. Like All of these cards just kind of loop, like these blue and black. It seems like the theme for the set is that you just get just to recur effects over and over and over. Mm-hmm. There's Foulmire Knight, which is a black and two colorless for an instant, where you draw a card and lose a life, and then you can pay a black and you get a 1-1 one, one Death Touch. Oh. So you get a card, and then you also get a blocker that has Death Touch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, all of these cards are just, you just get so much value. Like, I think it would have been easy for the um, the adventures to be kind of, you know, because you they're attached to creatures, so you can, you know, the, the floor is that you get a reasonable creature. Yeah. But a lot of these adventure cards are very good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They just put you up a card, or two cards, or a removal spell, or a counter spell. Like You just always walk away up.
0: And then flavor-wise, it's cool that, well, this went on an adventure to go do something, or d- did a little quest, and it came back with something, and it's ready to help you again. Uh, how did you feel when it, they started to kind of reveal a, a while ago, a little while ago, about this brand new sort of border, this brand new frame, and these, at at that moment, unnamed mechanics when they first uh, previewed flex and intruder the, the little goldilocks character
1: i thought it was really cool mm-hmm. i had no idea what was going to happen but i was really excited whenever they change the card frame a lot of people don't like it i'm one of the people that love it mm-hmm. i love the amonkhet split cards when innistrad first came out i loved the transform like the flip cards mm-hmm. i have consistently loved all the cards that change the frame
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the exception of course of the the amonkhet hieroglyphic masterpieces
0: (laughs) they look beautiful but they're hard to read
1: so i heard something recently and i'm not sure where this information came from so it could be incorrect but Mm. i heard it somewhere those cards were supposed to be illegible Mm. like those hieroglyphs were not supposed to be readable at all and then late in design they decided that they would make them actually be the words and that's why they're so hard to read
0: oh Well, that would be like going completely towards the lore, um, Mm -hmm. instead of function. So that'd be really interesting. And I guess what you'd, you'd have, um, on your phone or just memorized what the card was, but then you'd have to explain it to your opponent. And unless they're not up to, up to date on what the cards were, but who actually plays with those cards, right? They're collector's items.
1: Exactly. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people that play with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they're really cool, uh, but the kind of the the text box does throw me off of wanting to play with them myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, just like from a graphic design perspective, I have a degree in graphic design. Some of the some of the lettering on there is like it's so awkward. Like I can't name any off the top of my head, but there's some that have like a sentence that the final word ends on the next line, and it's like, whoa, that's just like really uh, triggering my graphic design sensibilities. Like they they. In graphic design you've you, they're known as widows or orphans when you have an extra line of just like one word after the main text It's just kind of a faux pas in graphic design that
1: makes sense to me. There's a couple of them that are pretty unfortunate too um, n- most notably I think is Hazarit the pervert. <laughs> Uh, If you look at the Hazarit invocation, it looks very much like Hazarit the Pervert. Um, (laughs) It is uh, unfortunate to say that. But uh, yeah, I think it makes sense that those cards were supposed to be completely unreadable initially, kind of like the, I think it's a Judge Promo Elishnorn, where all the text is written for Rexian. Yeah, Uh, These were supposed to be like that, but for some form of Amonkhet hieroglyphs. But then they figured, you know, what if a new player opens a booster and they open this card and it's blood moon and how do they know if you can't read the name or the text Mm -hmm. and all you have is like a converted mana cost and a picture you know like it is that's probably what they figured out at the end they're like how will anybody know that they opened boil because Mm -hmm. they see a card that costs a red and three Mm. (laughs) you know how could you know what this card is
0: yeah, and then it's like just so so different because even the the mana cost uh, is, is vertical instead of horizontal, it's just really keeping in with these um, you know cartouche designs. Well, maybe they'll go back to something as esoteric as that because now they're going to do these collectors boosters, and so those that really want to get the the blinged out high end stuff. Well, if it's illegible, that's fine. I I paid for it.
1: Well, here comes my hot take sure i think that the upgraded versions of these cards look worse than the normal versions oh yeah i hope that doesn't offend any artists or anyone because i'm sure they worked hard on these but like the the upgraded versions look so busy to me hmm. compared to the normal versions it's like it's just a lot
0: mm-hmm yeah like a like a lot of vine work going on and Especially because uh, and Intruders is an example of that, right? Because it's got the storybook element at the bottom, but with a lot of like vines and things all over the place, and it does look a little busy. But maybe when it's nice and shiny and foily, it uh, it uh, convinces you. Yeah,
1: there's always that to be to be considered. I did not like the invocations when I first saw them, but when I saw them in paper, I thought they were gorgeous. Um, again, the the lettering's unfortunate, but I think those cards in paper look amazing
0: mm-hmm. well as we wind down wh- what are your final thoughts on on throne of eldraine um what's your hype level from one to nine thousand
1: uh i would probably put it at like an eight thousand five hundred <laughs> uh, i think that recently we've had some sets that are powerful but don't feel super interesting uh mm. most notably to me i don't think there were any cards in core 2020 where i was like oh this card is so cool you know like there were a lot of cards that fit together well with other cards but the cards didn't feel so cool and i felt the same way about um not guilds of ravnica but uh what was the allegiance
0: ravnica allegiance
1: yes ravnica allegiance and i mean honestly also war of the spark there were no cards that i looked at and i was like oh my gosh this card is so cool but like this set is chock full of cards that are so cool. And you know what? If they're a little bit weaker, which I'm not even convinced that they are, mm-hmm. but even if they are, like not every card in a set has to be an all star. Mm-hmm. You know, but this set is full of cards like uh, that we didn't even get to here. You know, like we were so busy talking about awesome cards that we didn't talk about Questing Beast. You know, we didn't talk about Garrett cursed huntsman mm-hmm. or Oko Thiefa crowns. Like we just talked about a set of cards for for how long here? Like an hour? Yeah. And we didn't mention two of the three Planeswalkers in the set at all Yeah, because there were so many awesome designs in this set from the commons all the way up. And yeah. I think that's when I started playing Magic and probably when you did too, the cards weren't designed to fit into decks that exist. The cards weren't designed to fuel like archetypes in draft. The cards were designed to be roughly equivalent in power. And, you know, there were some big misses. They messed that up a lot. But their their plan was, here's all the cards. They're roughly equivalent in power. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once they started designing for other things, we sort of lost some of this uniqueness in a lot of sets. And I think that this set has that uniqueness, has that cool feel on basically every single card. There's no cards in this set that I don't think are awesome. mm mm-hmm and it plays well in all those other formats this draft format looks like a blast there's cards for modern and legacy and it's revitalizing an entire format in brawl there's tons of commander cards so you know i'm actually going to move that up to a nine thousand. i think this set (laughs) is an absolute slam dunk
0: i share your enthusiasm i see a little bit of everything for everyone i see cool cards interesting cards jank cards uh, powerful cards, a little bit of everything, fun cards. I'm looking at Frogify. Like, how could you not oh, love that? Yeah. Like, turn your uh, t- turn your opponent's creatures into little frogs. That's just so much fun. I did that to so many uh, opponent's commanders in, uh, in in Brawl that that was just so much fun and, and satisfying.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think this is where I'd like to see sets in general. You know, if only 12 cards from this set see play, but every card in this set is sweet, I think that's way better than if every card saw play. But they were all. Here's your efficient removal spell. Here's oh, yeah. your efficient creature. Here's your, you know, your card that draws a card when it comes into play. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not exciting to me. You know, give me a set full of midnight clocks instead of a set full of Rogue refiners any day.
0: Mm-hmm. It looks like Wizards of the Coast is walking the tightrope pretty well, trying to balance a little bit of everything for everyone. So I am also pretty hyped. Uh, not as high as you. I'm going to have to go with um, eight thousand nine hundred ninety nine. However.
1: <laughs> very few people get as hype as me when I'm very hyped, so that that seems reasonable.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, Alan, um, would you like to um, take a moment to promote again? I know you said you're not quite streaming yet, but can people find you on Twitter or anywhere else anywhere else to catch up with you?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm always available on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash brashara1. That's B-R-A-S-H-A-R-A-1 feel free to like follow me i'll follow you back i retweet stuff about cards i tweet stuff about cards sometimes video games all that stuff and then of course streaming soon probably right around the release of brawl i'll be back to streaming it
0: very cool i'll stop by as well i i'm pretty sure i subscribe to you or follow you whatever the terminology is on on twitch i've stopped by to your streams a few times and it's been pretty fun as for myself, well, I'm over on Twitter, twitter.com slash vmcampos. I stream on Saturdays, 11 p.m. Uh, on YouTube and Twitch, I simulcast, I simulstream. Uh, over on YouTube, I, I'm at uh, youtube.com slash vmcamposjr. You have to put the jr at the end. And on Twitch, I am vmcampos. So I'm vmcampos everywhere except, uh, except YouTube and... I've also got a Patreon account. If people want to uh, contribute to my endeavors, the uh, contributions start at a dollar. If you go to the $2 range, I'll actually mail people uh, vintage magic cards. Uh, No, not a Black Lotus. And uh, if they just simply want to follow on Patreon, that's a good way to keep up to date with all the things that I do. The podcasts, the uh, magic stuff, the comic book stuff that I do, all of that stuff, so... Once again, Alan, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.